2: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott
0: Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. Wide
2: open! Davis! Still going! And he's in for the touchdown! Hit hit immediately he got the handoff. You know jet.com oh Listen, thank you.
3: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is play like a jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at play like a jet one. And we are going to delve into part two of our discussion with Dennis Wazak Jr., who covers the Jets for the Associated Press. Dennis, over the last bunch of years, the Jets have had a lot of trouble at edge rusher. In fact, since John Abraham was traded in 2006, the year that you became a full-time beat guy, so maybe there's some sort of connection there. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets have had a lot of issues at that spot. And I'm curious if there was some sort of air coming out of the tire Sort of feeling around the Jets after the Carl Lawson injury Because it felt like he was finally going to be that guy He was killing it in camp Everybody said he was going to have a huge year And he has that major injury And they're back at square one And this is no disrespect to guys like Bryce Huff I'm sure that Huff will be fine But with Lawson there, the potential seemed almost unlimited With him not there All of a sudden, the defense seems to have the heart taken out of it. You looked at what happened in that second game against the Packers. That defense looked really, really bad. I'm not saying it's entirely because of Lawson, but it just felt like without him, there was an energy lost. Talk to me a little bit about that, because I'm really hoping that that doesn't carry over into the regular season. But he was possibly other than Quentin Williams the most irreplaceable player on that defense and now he's gone and that's obviously going to take a toll
1: yeah for sure and and we talked about Elijah Moore and the type of um you know the training camp that he had well on on the other side it was the same for Carl Lawson and maybe even more so because you know he had been practicing up until the injury and Every day, the guy was getting in the backfield, whether it was against Makai Becton or on the other side or against Green Bay. Um, yeah, I, he was showing su- such a an ability, you know. And, and yeah, man, it, it's I feel bad for the guy, and I feel bad for the fans who had heard from you know from us writing, you know, and tweeting about this guy every day. I mean, the expectations were so high, and the optimism about having a guy who like Carl Lawson himself said, he he was unleashed he fe- felt like just the scheme and the fit, he was able to take the chains off and just go. And that was going to play into his biggest strength of, of being strong and being fast and just being able to, to wreck havoc in the backfield and all of a sudden that's gone. And now the word catastrophic was used by some and like, I think that's a little strong at this point. It's crushing. Um, we'll see if it's catastrophic. I I think there's a lot of things that Robert Sala will try to do. And the fact that he has been in a similar situation just last year with Nick Bosa, obviously there, it was a different, um, set of personnel on that defense, but, um, he knows how to deal with this type of situation where you lose that guy who's supposed to be your primary pass rusher. Um, I do think there was a feeling of being deflated though. And I mean, I I wrote about it a few days ago um, about the loss of Carl Lawson and, and how, you know, the fans more than one said, you know, why can't we have nice things? You know, why, why can't, why can't we have these nice things? Why is this the case? Is it bad luck? Is it a jinx? Is it Joe Namath, uh, you know, inadvertently casting a spell on the franchise by guaranteeing that Super Bowl? what What is it? And you could feel it, you know, and you could feel it around the team. You could feel it um, among the fan base and just on social media. And you feel for everyone who has, you know, invested time and emotion into this team because that finally you thought, like, here's a guy that's going to make the defense run in a way that we've been hoping for for years and like you mentioned Bryce Huff like I I think he'll he'll be fine I think he'll be able to help but he I don't know that he's going to be the game wrecker up front that Carl Lawson was supposed to be and was was showing himself to be and it just it's a crushing loss there's no doubt about it and now they have to kind of revamp things, and I, and I think that does play into the rest of the defense, like I was talking earlier about the secondary, and I, I think even though um, Jeff Olbrich and um, Robert Sala kind of dismissed the fact that, hey, you know, they can help, um, that up front can help the back end, well, I, I think now you're losing a big piece of that ability to help the back end of the defense because you don't have that pass rusher, and when you think about what Carl Lawson was going to do and just kind of, I mean, offenses were going to have to game plan for him and that was going to open things up for Quinn and and John Franklin Myers and Foley and Sheldon Rankins. And, you know, now you kind of have to tweak that a little bit bit. So, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, there is some deflated feelings for sure, but that now the other guys have to step up and you hate to hear that because that's how it's been for years. And, uh, It's just tough, and you almost wish that, I mean, if he was hurt, that it was something, okay, he'll be back by the bye week, like Jared Davis getting hurt and just saying that at least there was some hope that there would be some presence, you know, but now you're looking at Carl Lawson, not until a year from now, and that stinks.
3: How much does this change your expectation for what to expect from the defense this year? Because I thought Lawson was such a key piece because of the fact that there were so many questions at cornerback. You've got Bryce Hall, who's probably the best one they have, but even he is still kind of getting acclimated to the NFL because he only had a handful of starts last year, fifth-round pick out of the University of Virginia. Then you had a bunch of rookies, bless Austin. The defensive line is obviously going to be huge here, and we know that it's the strongest unit on the team, but with Lawson in there to help out The interior rush, it felt like the strategy was put some heat on the quarterback, make sure he doesn't have that much time to throw and you won't have to rely as much on the cornerbacks. Now that kind of goes out the window, and so for me, this defense went from one that was going to be fun and punishing, potentially, to, well, let's hope Quinn and Williams and the rest of the guys on that interior line can get in on the quarterback, because otherwise it's going to be troublesome, especially if these receivers get a couple of seconds to break free. Before, I was thinking this team might have a shot at being an above-average defense. Now... I think that it's probably more likely that they don't get to that benchmark. Do you think it's that drastic of a difference without Carl Lawson here?
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with you just from a realistic standpoint because uh, just everything that you mentioned that he was going to be able to do for the defense and you take that away and you have to tweak things and you're going to be tweaking things with players who are not on the level of Carl Lawson. there's a reason they gave him all that money in it. And I mean, just for him to be able to show during this, this preseason and during camp that he's everything that they were expecting him to be as far as a physical presence and a pass rushing presence. I mean that again, it's, it's a deflating thing for the team, but I, I just don't, Know that they'll be able to replace Him uh, with one Person I think there's going to Probably be a rotation where you're going to have To have um, guys coming In and out and giving it a shot And that's what you didn't want you know you Didn't you wanted to know that you're going to Have Carl Lawson just rush Rushing the passer and 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 Messing things up back there and now like You're talking about well You know uh, I mean You know Ronald Blair and Jabari Zaniga, who hasn't, you know, done much since he was drafted last year. And, you know, John Franklin Myers is, is solid. And Bryce Huff, you know, has has some promise. And Hamilcar Rashid also, but they're not Carl Lawson, you know. So, I, I think you do have to kind of see. And and there's going to be a, a um, kind of testing out period, too, just to see can one of these guys step up. And I, I think there'll be um, matchup, um uh, you know, it'll depend on matchups with who's going where and how they're using it. So, yeah, I mean, that changes a lot of things. And, like you said, if a wide receiver gets freed down, now all of a sudden you got to rely on a secondary, which is suspect. And it's just, yeah, it changes a lot. I, I think it really does. I, I don't, again, I don't like using um, the word catastrophic because that we'll, we'll see how that plays out it's potentially catastrophic and it's because of such uh, of the talent and the skill that Carl Lawson has. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be tough for them to overcome that and to reach all those, you know, benchmarks that they, they wanted to kind of have. And uh, yeah, so we'll see, we'll see. Maybe somebody surprises, you know, maybe Bryce Huff. all of a sudden, you know, boom, he's, he's uh, even better than they thought, you know, but uh, you know, it, it, it'll be tough to,
2: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
3: Dennis, the defense is a unit that I don't have particularly high expectations for now because of everything we just talked about. But I do have expectations for the offense. And not that I have expectations that are crazy. I don't expect them to be a top 10 offense. But if they could be a top 15 to 20 offense and Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore can show you something and the offensive line can start to gel. And more importantly, if... The end of the season comes, and you're sitting there saying, Boy, I really enjoyed watching Jets football this year, and Zach Wilson looks like he could be the real deal. That's all I'm looking for. Do you think that's reasonable based on what you've watched at training camp in the preseason that they could deliver that type of fun football that we really haven't seen much of during the last decade with the Jets? I guess the last time would have been 2015, even though they didn't make the playoffs. They had some really fun performances. With Decker and Marshall And even an emerging Quincy and Nunwa At the time Do you think that that's more or less Where the performance level is going to lie?
1: Yeah because if you look at some of the talent That they have And I think obviously it all Goes through Zach Wilson And and how he progresses But the, the offensive line And how they come together How it comes together this year Is going to be key And you have At least on that left side, you know, you've got a foundation. You've got Beckton at left tackle and Vera Tucker at left guard, and, you know, McGovern at center. And, you know, Morgan Moses, uh, Morgan Moses is going to win the right tackle job. He'll be there. Um, And then right guard is still kind of up in the air, but it looks like it's going to be Greg Van Roten. And, you know, is he a long term solution? Probably, you know, probably not. Um, But you have at least guys who, um, you can move forward with and who can kind of gel and have worked with each other. It's too bad that Vera Tucker has been hurt over the past couple of weeks with the uh, peck issue. Um, he's day to day. They're hoping that, you know, he's he'll be back um, this week practicing. Um, and that's where it all starts. If he's got, if Zach Wilson has protection and he's able to, to, Kind of, you know, have an extra second where guys aren't right in his face. As soon as the ball is snapped, it's going to help. And then you have Corey Davis, who, you know, Zach Wilson with with Elijah Moore out over the past, you know, week or two, those two have really developed a connection. And and in preseason games between Zach Wilson and Corey Davis, and you could see uh, the possibilities there, and and how good Corey Davis can be here. Um, you know in this offense and then you have a reliable Jamison Crowder and you throw him in with Elijah Moore and then um, Denzel Mims has been kind of a guy who has been a forgotten type guy in this camp but he's got ability he had he can make plays and he could be a part of this offense and I think a key here. Is the running game and what they're going to do With the running game because that will also Help set everything else up And I think they have a good rotation And I I like Michael Carter a lot I like what he can give That backfield And and just this offense In its entirety, just being able to uh, Be elusive and make Plays out of the backfield Catch passes uh, And I think Kevin Coleman still has A lot left and Ty Johnson has gotten, I think, the majority of the first team snaps in preseason so far through two games. And and I liked him last year. I, I He has ability. He has a, ability to, to make big plays. And you throw Michael Pirine in there, um, who's kind of a bruising back and you have a whole combo of things that can happen. So. So, yeah, I, I think the big knock, as we know, Scott, over the last few years, was that Darnold didn't have a lot of talent around him. And I think Zach Wilson will have a lot of talent around him. And we haven't even talked about the tight end spot, you know, and and how that's going to play out. And, you know, maybe Tyler Croft is is the guy who emerges from that group. But if Chris Herndon can can do something, and, and I mean, it, there's guys to throw to. There's guys to make plays with. So, yeah, I think there is um, – You know, some optimism for this offense to be a heck of a lot better than it has been the past two years because of all these guys who can make plays and the ability of the quarterback, which will be, uh, you know, helped out by the offensive line, giving him some time.
3: Any positions that you look at that are stronger than you expected or weaker than you expected heading into training camp in the preseason?
1: Um, You know what? I think the nickel slot. Uh, is, has been one that has impressed me with Javelin Guidry and Michael Carter and Elijah Campbell. All three of those guys have had good moments uh, during camp and the preseason, and I'm not sure how they're going to go at that spot. That, that's been – because when you thought about that spot, you thought of Brian Poole over the last few years being able to, when he was healthy, just kind of lock that down and be that guy, um, and you wondered who would take that spot. And Javelin Guidry – has been solid. And and Michael Carter, too. He's he's done it, you know, in college and and he's been able to, um, you know, he knows what to do in that role. Interesting to see what they do at that spot. And that that's been the spot that like, oh, that that's a weakness. But no, I, I think they they have a real competition going there. And it's been fun to see. And um, it seems that one of those guys, one of those three guys makes a big play of practice, you know, each day. Like, you know, they'll take turns making a big play, making it even tougher, you know, that like, hey, you know, who's going to emerge in that spot? And I mean, they, all three of those guys have value and it, there's po- a possibility all three could make it, you know, but it's tough because you have such a mix of corner that it's going to be hard to keep all three guys. But, but all three of them, have been um, impressive so far during uh, camp in the preseason
3: Dennis with everything being said and all that we've talked about let's do a little bit of a prediction game here at the end of the season where do you see Zach Wilson ending up you don't have to give me exact numbers but just the range our Jets fans going to be super optimistic about him being the answer at the position I think After Mark Sanchez's rookie year, there was optimism because of how far the team went. But if you look back at his individual performances... There were a lot of red flags. Sam Darnold had some games where he played really well his rookie year toward the end. But still, there was a ton of up and down. And there were still some questions to answer. A lot of them, in fact, going into his second year. Same thing with Geno Smith. He had some really good games, some really good moments. But very up and down and very Sanchez-like when it came to the final tally in the statistics. Do you think Zach Wilson will rise above that? What do you think Robert Sala is going to show? Are Jets fans going to come out of this convinced that they've got the guy that could be the head coach of this team for a really long time? And ultimately, all told, where do you think they end up record-wise? You don't have to give me an exact number of wins, but general vicinity <laughs> of where you think they'll end up.
1: Well, I, I think as far as Sala, yes. I think he's he's the guy. I think um, it's rare that you have all of the communities so to speak, be on the same page. And by that, I mean um, the team, the media, the fans, and then the general public. All were very much positive about the hiring of Robert Sala, and you don't see that often with a coach hiring. There's usually skepticism or people who are not in favor of that, and we've seen that play out over the years uh, with the Jets over the last several years. You know, hires, you know, and, and there, there's been, you know, people who, who wanted Todd Bowles, didn't want Todd Bowles, you know, um, uh, didn't want most most fans did not want Adam Gase, obviously. I think you, you have uh, there's he's been a unifying force, you know, <laughs> he's been he's been able to bring all these these opinions together. And I think that'll play out in a positive way. I think he's already established that, like we talked earlier. Uh, the vibe and and the vision so I I think that'll be fine I think fans will go into regardless of the record saying like you know what at least we know that we have the coach and the GM to move in the right direction as far as the quarterback it's funny as you were saying all those names I I was thinking you know and, and I've covered all of them you know and I've covered them as here's Mark Sanchez he's the hope the the next guy to You know, be the possible Joe Namath, Geno Smith, um, Sam Darnold, you know, just on and on and on. And just, man, there's been so much disappointment. But I think one of the things that I saw, like Mark Sanchez at the very beginning, he struggled, you know, and you saw some things. And and if you remember, eventually the uh, the red light, green light, uh, wristbands that was that was uh, That was a sign that you know Things aren't going as well as you would Want them to be because he's you know Making these mistakes and they're kind of They have to handle him um, You know Gino Smith After that first game you were like whoa You know this is the guy and, and man He could throw the ball but he just couldn't put it all together. And then obviously, um, I, you know, and I think leadership uh, was an issue too with uh, some of the guys It like he, he didn't, you know, especially after the uh, IK and you know, <laughs> incident uh, that was it, you know, and, and he couldn't really rebound from that on the field or, or off as, as far as being a team leader. And then Sam Darnold, the same thing. Now I will say this about Sam for, um, Early on, especially in camp, you saw some things from Sam. You were like, like "Damn, you know, I, I haven't seen a young quarterback come in and and do these things and make these kind of throws and 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 be this type of quarterback." Um, you know, but then, like you said, there was so much up and down, and then he struggled. Zach Wilson has been a guy who's come in, and there have been up and downs like through training camp, but the way he handles himself on the field, like. You forget that he's a rookie, you, or not that you forget. You don't notice that he's a rookie um, when he's on the field, and that is important. And I think you're seeing that play out in the pre- first two preseason games when he's handling the offense. You're not thinking, "Oh, he's a rookie and he's making rookie decisions," or um, "There's some like skittishness." No, man, he's confident and and he's in command and in control. And all those things you want to see from your quarterback. And I think that is what has kind of set him apart. And I think that will set him apart moving forward. And I think um, just from a talent standpoint, I think at the end of this year, you'll be like, you know what? We have something good here. We have a guy that we have a future with. And I think that will be. The positive that will come From this season because there Will be mistakes and even Robert Sala says there will be days where It's like man you know he looks like a rookie But I think overwhelmingly There will be times where It's just like yes that's the guy That's what we wanted to see And I, I think for good reason I think there's There's optimism And I think that will Hold through next offseason Going into next year as far as Record I, I don't know that there's there is a lot of optimism for uh, wins. You know, I, I think it's hard to be realistic about them winning more than, you know, six or seven games because of all of the stuff we talked about early on with the defense. And I, I just, I feel like a six and 11 or seven, you know, in 10 season is probably realistic. And you know what? That's, five or six more wins than they had, you know, last four or five than they did last season. And they have a new staff and a new quarterback and a new system. And that'll be positive. That'll be optimistic. Um, And that'll be a good thing. So I I don't think you can ask for more than that or expect more than that, especially with some of the teams that they'll be playing this year. Um, You know, so I, I think that if you were going to be, Predicting a record, I think six and 11 is probably realistic. I mean, it could look good early, though. I mean, if you play Carolina and you beat Sam Darnold, you know, you're playing New England at home, you're at Denver, and then who knows if it's Bridgewater, um, you know, at that point, um, Tennessee will be tough. You know, you play in Atlanta, then you have the bye. Like, they could be in pretty decent shape. And if you get a team that gets some confidence and believes, like, well, maybe. Maybe you can get to eight wins, you know, at that point. But, I mean, the depth is going to be tested all around that roster, all up and down. There's so much youth. There's going to be growing pains. There are going to be moments where you're hoping that these guys perform better, you know, and and they're just learning. So I think you have to temper expectations. So that's where I'm going. I'm going to say 6-11 and is probably where what we're looking at this year.
3: Dennis, the hope is that, like a young Metallica making their way in the metal industry and really paving the way for so many bands That the Jets are going to be a young outfit that takes its lumps and becomes legendary at some point That's what people are hoping for for Robert Sala and Zach Wilson 6-11 and 11 this year, that's fine as long as all the things that you talked about before turn out positively And so I wanted to talk a little bit about music with you as always before you run Because when I think about the Jets and them trending upward It makes me think about bands like Metallica that were once young and eventually became powerhouses Any young bands you're listening to right now or are you mostly sticking to the classics at the moment?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty much listening to established bands like that just kind of in the... uh... The mode i'm in right now um by the way i I love your um comparison uh with the young metallica i'll i'll take that i think any jet fan would take that too knowing what metallica is um i i like a band called light the torch we might have talked about them before that's um um howard jones who was in kill switch engage that's his band they have two or three albums now so i mean they're not as well established he is, but that band isn't as big. That it's if you like Hill Switch, Engage. That's it's a similar type sound. They they have a an album that came out a, a month or two ago. That's that's really good. It's been in heavy rotation for me. Um, you know, one band that I got into during the the um, pandemic was Rise Against, and they're like a, a rock but punk type band, and um, they have a whole bunch of albums and i i never really listened to their stuff and they're, they're so good i like um like a very good uh listen and their music is really good too and um like that's really cool like when you can find a band that you didn't even really know about and then you hear and they have this extensive catalog and you're like oh i gotta listen to more and i gotta listen to this album so that was a band that i got into hey scott here's another band that um I've liked for years and they came out with something new that I really like seven dust Mm -hmm. and um, man at their latest album, blood and stone is really good. And I'm hoping to see them um, in a few weeks. Um, They're going to be at Starland ballroom and um, they rock. I haven't seen them in like 13 or 14 years and um, they, I know they bring it. And um, I think they're playing, I think Tremonti is opening for them, which is really cool, Mark Tremonti. Uh, But here I have a quick story for you. So my post-pandemic, my first post-pandemic concert was going to be Corn and Stain. I was going to rock my late 90s, early 2000s, (laughs) new metal, alt rock, and get back into the swing. And uh, I was supposed to see them at uh, PNC... Um, you know, PNC Bank Art Center, and they canceled the show a few days before in Scranton because a crew member—they said one of the crew had COVID. Well, it came out two days later that Jonathan Davis, the lead singer of Corn, has COVID, and they had to cancel and reschedule a whole bunch of shows. So I missed out on that show last week. And you know, hey, he's hopefully he's you know feeling better and all that. They rescheduled the show for September 26th I'm like okay great i could still see them however that mm-hmm. is a sunday uh-huh. and not only is it a sunday during the football season it is my parents 50th wedding anniversary <laughs> oh, so no. so i will not be seeing that rescheduled show <laughs> um so i'm trying to deal with ticketmaster to try to get some kind of refund or credit or something so that that's That's where we're at here. And uh, I just want to see something live, man. Let's, you know, please, like, let's see some live music.
3: I'm with (laughs) you, Dennis. I remember talking to you during the pandemic, and I think I said something along the lines of, Man, I would kill for like a Led Zeppelin cover band at this point. <laughs> Give me a White Snake cover band. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I'm having the same That's issue, right. though, because a lot of these shows are on Sundays. The Black Crows are playing a show on a yes. Sunday yep. where they're going to be doing the entire Shake Your Money Maker album. And they were one of my I favorite bands in yeah. the 90s. Yeah, so I would love to see it, but I can't when it's a Sunday and the Jets are playing. So these bands need to get their act together, Dennis, and understand you. that football... <laughs> has to be watched, and they need to do these shows either after the games take place or some point during the week or on Saturday or something because they're killing me here.
1: you damn right. I'm with you.
3: Dennis Wazak, covering the Jets for the Associated Press. Thank you so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. It's always a party when you come on, Dennis. I feel like I should have streamers and cake and everything. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's wondering right now what you're going to be working on during the season I know that you've got a bunch of features that are under your hat You don't have to reveal them all But what are you planning to look at throughout the season? I assume there's going to be plenty of features involving Wilson, Sala And all the pieces that everybody's really interested in
1: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it And the other thing is because we like we talked about so many young players on this team that there's going to be a lot of opportunity to tell stories about these guys that we don't know so much about, you know, because there there will be so many guys having key roles on this team and and not just the first-rounders and second-rounders, but guys who will come out of, you know, some might come out of nowhere and, and help out. So that's always the cool part of this job, being able to tell the stories. I mean, the news is the news. You know, you got to do that. But when you find stories about guys who – um, you know, just people don't know about it. And you know what? I, I did a story about Zane Lewis and uh, a guy from air force who grew up with a stuttering issue as a kid and got bullied. And like, I, I, I like being able to tell that story. And I felt so bad that on the day that Carl Lawson was lost for the season, Zane Lewis also was lost for the season. And he was a guy who made a switch from corner to safety and was having a pretty good camp. He had three picks and team drills and stuff like that. And it's those kind of stories that you like to find and, and to tell and just to kind of, um, you know, bring the the players and the fans even closer as far as like, you know, it's not, only what they do on the field that you know these guys are players too uh people too and not just players and and um so those are kind of the stories that i look for as we go down the line but there will be plenty to be said about zach wilson and robert sala and the pass rush or that the lack thereof and everything else so it should be a fun season I'm hoping uh, you know for everybody involved and uh, it'll be an interesting one for sure with everything going around around with the team so um, you know it'll be there'll be a lot to talk about that that's for sure.
3: It's all I'm looking for, a little fun, Dennis. It's all I want out of this team this year. (laughs) So let's hope they give it to us. And hopefully we'll have plenty to talk about in a positive light here on the show. And Dennis will have plenty to write in a positive light for the Associated Press. Make sure that you're following Dennis on Twitter at DWAS73 and reading everything he does over at the Associated Press. Plus, make sure you check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the play like a jet YouTube channel. Lots of brand new videos on a regular basis. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel and give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go.